Welcome back to the CDI podcast. I'm Shelby Fiegel, and I'm the director of the Center for Community and Economic Development and the Community Development Institute at the University of Central Arkansas. I am very excited about our guest today because it's one of our own, uh, CCED graduate assistant Greta Hawker. Greta Hawker graduated from UCA in May of 2021 with a Bachelor of Science in Public Administration and minors in Honors Interdisciplinary Studies and Professional Writing. She returned to UCA the following semester to pursue a Master's Degree in Mental Health Counseling, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Greta has focused heavily on public service work during her undergraduate career. She served as an intern for CCED, led voter registration at UCA, and education initiatives as a part of UCA's Vote Everywhere program. She hopes to continue her focus on public service in the mental health field as she plans to work as a therapist in a community health setting. Greta, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Shelby. I'm happy to be here. Well, we are going to learn a little bit about you before we kind of deep dive into why mental health is important to community leaders, why they should be focused on mental health in their communities. But before we get to that, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know I gave a very short background of you, um, but is there anything you want to add to that and let the audience know about you? Yeah, so I guess... Um, most of what I want to explain is like my shift from public administration to mental health. Um, I've always been really interested in public service and known that I want to work in a government setting um, since since high school. I worked in a public library. You know, that's a public institution. And I saw how beneficial public institutions can be for serving um, the general population and especially vulnerable populations and under-resourced communities. So I, when I was working there, I was like, I want to do that. So I went into public administration because I thought I wanted to work for the government, and I still do. Um, But as I was getting my PA degree, I started figuring out, and this is kind of related to the topic, I started figuring out that mental health and the study of human behavior and why people do and feel and think the way they do is pretty much at the root of every problem, every public problem that I was interested in solving. Um, And, you know, I got interested in the mental health counseling program. We have a great program here at UCA and it was just kind of a natural transition. Um, And I figured this profession was a more efficient and a better way for me to meet that original goal of public service that I once had. Yeah, absolutely, Greta. And I think that you summed up why I really thought this conversation was important for us to have today. You and I have had tons of discussions about your coursework and how it's intersected with uh, your public administration background, why you kind of shifted focus to this area. And so that gets to the root of my next question, which is, why, why are we talking about this today? Why do you think mental health is an important community economic development issue? Well, I will start off with just a general statement. Um, mental health is important because people are important to our communities. Um, and the people in our communities have mental health issues uh, that often are stigmatized, that often aren't really talked about, that often are neglected. And that's a problem because if we really want to take care of our citizens, and that's what we're in the business of doing is taking care of the people who live in our cities and towns, 
um, we really need to, you know, become more aware and attuned to mental health issues. So just to kind of demonstrate the magnitude of that, I have prepared some statistics, interesting, from the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So the prevalence of mental illness, just any mental illness, is about 20% of the population in the United States. So one in five people are going to have some kind of mental health issue. So you can bet that there's going to be a substantial portion of people who have mental health issues in any community. Um, so that makes it necessary. Um, and then going towards like more vulnerable populations and more specific populations, um, the people that most need public support and assistance, um, those people have mental health issues too. 21% of people who are homeless have some type of severe mental health issue. 30%, excuse me, 37% of incarcerated people have some sort of mental health issue. And this is a big one too. 70% of youth in the juvenile justice system have a mental health condition. So the people that are in our communities have mental health issues that need to be supported and need to be um, understood. So that's why it's important. And then it also has a substantial economic impact as well. We, I kind of talked about the community part, but the economic part is big too. Um, according to Scientific American, major depressive disorder, which is one of the most common mental illnesses, it's one of the, it's, it's the highest um, contributor to disability worldwide. In 2018, major depressive disorder cost the U.S. economy $327 billion. That's a huge number. So think about it. People who are depressed, they might not be able to get out of bed. They might not be able to go to work. Um, you know, they have hospital visits because maybe, you know, they're thinking about suicide and they want to be safe and protect themselves. Um, there's a whole range of economic costs that incur from people who have disorders and aren't getting the treatment that they need. So in sum, it's, it's a very um, extensive and widely impactful issue for, and, and it's something that can't be ignored if we're talking about people in communities. Yeah, absolutely. I think Greta, you did a perfect job of, you know, anybody listening to this might think, well, what does this have to do with me? You know, I'm a mayor, I'm a city council member um, in my community. Why do I need to be aware of this? And it's exactly what you said. It's an economic cost. It's an economic burden if you don't address this issue head on. And so how do you think the profession of counseling can support communities with these issues? How can leaders engage with people in this field? Um, so I think the biggest thing that counseling, the counseling profession does to support communities in addressing mental health is um, through training and education. Um, universities and programs like the one I'm in, they train practitioners who will eventually go out and work in these communities and who will be sources of knowledge and who will be resources for people who might not understand as much about mental health. Um, so it's, it's likely that if you go to a community mental health center, there are a lot of them, you know, those are the public institutions that serve um, usually low-income populations, people who are on Medicare, Medicaid. Um, so those are like the public arm of community or of, of mental health care. It's likely that if you go into those places, you're going to find a person who has been trained at a program like mine, who's an LPC, a licensed professional counselor or a social worker. So they are the people that are providing the backbone of the mental health services in pretty much every community, I would say. Um, and then our profession also works in policymaking. 
um, advocating for legislation um, at the state and federal level that'll make it easier for mental health care um, to be delivered to people, make, you know, differences in like insurance, uh, how, how, how mental health care is covered through insurance, um, differences in the laws and policies that govern the profession to make it easier for us to provide care to people. So really the profession is interested in the welfare of people, just like a mayor or a city council person or anybody working in a public setting would be interested in the welfare of people. So really our goals are very aligned. And I think that the counseling profession is an important pillar of any community. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we think about coalition building at the local level, you know, constantly in our work, we say, look around the table, who's missing. And I think oftentimes we don't think about health. We think about, don't really think about health, but we really don't think about mental health. And so engaging those folks in the community development process is crucial. Um, So now kind of taking it to a 10,000 foot level, um, what can communities in Arkansas do to address mental health in their communities? Um, I would say that I think facilitating those partnerships and recognizing that the people who are most qualified to to, um, provide mental health care are already there and they're willing to help. Um, They just, like you said, they need to be brought to the table more. Um, And I think there are a lot of communities that do a good job with this. I'll give just a couple of examples. the, the Faulkner County Juvenile Court here in Conway, they do a really good job of providing um, really uh, rehabilitative programming to, to people who are juvenile offenders. And they do it through um, university community partnerships. One of my um, professors, uh, her research interest is in um, justice-involved populations. And one of her big research projects is the impact of juvenile mentoring Um, on people who are juvenile offenders so that you have that mentorship relationship. She um, allows students from UCA the opportunity to volunteer their time to mentor students or mentor juvenile offenders. And she's found that it's very effective in, um, you know, increasing their self-efficacy, increasing their competence uh, to go into careers. And, you know, it reduces recidivism and all of that stuff. So, you know, that's a university community partnership that's been really, really beneficial. Um, and then uh, there are some other partnerships, too. Um, did, I did an article a little bit while back uh, for City and Town Magazine about the Sevier County Residential Substance Abuse Treatment Program, um, which is, uh, I think, a really progressive program that um, allows people who have been incarcerated for nonviolent drug offenses to have their sentences waived or reduced if they undergo mental health care consistently. So that's that's a really big benefit and it's had a lot of success. And it came about because people who were in positions of power um, in Sevier County said, you know, we need to, we need to do this differently. We need to draw upon the expertise of mental health uh, officials in our community. And they did. They have a really close partnership with um, a therapist at Chanel Family Therapy there in Dequeen. And, you know, she is a really great resource to them and helping them run their program. So I think really, really good things can happen when uh, community leaders ask for help from the mental health profession. 
And I think it's, it's really beneficial. I also think that the counseling profession can help community leaders more generally because it can help develop an understanding of human behavior. That's really what psychology is. It's an understanding of what people do, what people say, what people think, how they feel. And that, that's what we really need to understand um, if we're working with people, which we are, we're working with the public. So I think, I think people don't really realize that psychology is so connected to public service, but it really is because they're both about people. And I think any community leader could benefit from knowing a little bit of psychology for sure. Yeah, I absolutely think you're correct in that, Greta. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing your expertise on the podcast, as well as doing quite a bit of research to prepare for this podcast oh, yeah. and find those connections that are really going to make this, um, uh, make that connection very clear for the leaders that listen to this podcast. So they know why this is important. So just thank you again for being on here with me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Absolutely. And for our audience on upcoming episodes of the CDI podcast, we will continue to feature CDI graduates and partners, uh, community leaders, community and economic development experts, and many others from across the state of Arkansas, the Mid-South, and the nation. We hope you join us next time on the CDI podcast.